1: Jessica Coming so
0: desist- oh. well, up, Ashley Simpson, right here on the VIP. I'm with Ashley Simpson, I'm so sailor, 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 sailor. I am so excited. She said, "I want to be a role model to girls." Sailor, sailor. So- I'm so- yeah.
1: Take a peek into the lives of the
0: Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. Today we have a really, really special one for you, and I am so excited. I know I always say that, but this episode today is the essence of this podcast. I mean, this is one of the main things that drove me to even create the Ashley and Jessica cast. As you know, it has now expanded from just being about Ashley and Jessica, to being about many pop culture topics, but this is really the backbone of the Ashley and Jessica cast. Today, we are going to talk about a landmark, seminal, extremely, extremely important album to me and so many others around my age, Ashley Simpson's autobiography. <laughs>
0: I just completed my album and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like a little kid. I'm like ah! It's really like just my heart, and it's like so much fun. And I think that a lot of people like be able to enjoy it and kind of jump around and have a good time. But then there's definitely like a moody side to it also. The album's gonna be called Autobiography. It's basically what, where my life has been since basically moved to LA. It's where I'm at. Um, I I had a producer. His name is John Shanks. He actually produced Michelle Branch's album. Michelle, literally the day that I met him, we just like hit it off, and it was like, you know, it was meant to be.
1: You know, I've been covering the Ashley Simpson show for a while now, and some of you guys have been asking as I was approaching the end of season one, is there going to be an autobiography episode soon? Because I've never done an episode on an Ashley album. I've done several on Jessica's albums and you guys seem to adore those. So I know that a lot of you guys were waiting and waiting for an autobiography episode and I really had to take the time to wrap my brain around it. I couldn't just throw an episode up there. I had to really kind of meditate on it. I know that sounds crazy, but just really focus and try to articulate how much this album means to me, what it meant to me back then when I was a tween, and what it means to me still today as a grown woman. I've said this many times on this podcast, but for me, autobiography only gets more relevant as I get older. You would think, being that it was written by an 18, 19-year-old girl, that getting older You might feel, oh, it's a little juvenile, it's a little childish, and maybe some lyrics here and there are, but for the most part, I find myself only relating more to it over time and I don't even know how to articulate how I feel about this album. I almost don't want to because I don't really feel like there's words to encapsulate how much I love it, how fantastic I think it is, and what it does really mean. To me and so many others. This is going to be a multi part series. Right now, I think it's going to be four episodes, but I'm not 100% sure. And luckily, I will have two guests on, not on this episode, but on a future one, to help me describe how amazing this album is. One of them is Michael Kodush, the host of the Planet 2000s podcast. And the other one is Jackie Mendoza, who is Ashley's biggest fan and has spent so much time with Ashley and other members of the Simpson family so make sure you stay tuned for that because they're going to join me on a track by track review of the album but first we are going to do a good old-fashioned storytelling episode I've been doing these for my Lindsay Lohan series and for the Benefer series that I did and you guys seem to really love these so I'm really really excited to get into it for our queen Miss Ashley We are going to get into the history of Autobiography and The Ashley Simpson Show, the recording of the album, the creation of it all. So, why delay it any longer? Let's get into it. Autobiography was released on July 20th, 2004. It shot straight to number one, selling about 398,000 copies in its first week from July 2004 until early January 2005. Autobiography sold about 2.5 million copies, making it the ninth best-selling album of 2004 and the biggest debut from a female artist in 2004. It has since gone on to sell over 3 million copies and has been certified three times platinum. This was incredible that for a debut artist, that she would do these kind of numbers and shoot to such high levels of success and fame so quickly especially because a lot of people really doubted Ashley. A lot of people just saw her as the younger sibling of a superstar who was only getting the opportunity to even make an album because of her very successful older sister. Was there some truth to that? Absolutely. Do I think that Ashley would have gone platinum at the age of 19 if not for Jessica? No, I don't. But I do think that she eventually would have found her way as a performer in some capacity because she was a performer long before Jessica even found her success. So Ashley grew up as a prima ballerina. She was actually admitted to the School of American Ballet in New York City when she was 11, becoming the youngest person to ever be admitted to the school because the age requirement was 12. But Joe Simpson, Ashley's father, admitted to lying about her age so that she could go. And I do wonder if that was because he felt some guilt, you know, that he and his wife, Tina, their mother were putting so much time, effort and attention into Jessica's career, that it was like, you know what, Ashley has some talent, too. She's such a great dancer. She only can go so far in these Texas ballet schools for little kids, you know, let's let her really chase this dream the way that we are letting Jessica chase this dream. Let's put as much belief in her as we put in Jessica. When Jessica was around 17, 18 years old and Ashley was around 13, 14, the whole family moved to Los Angeles, California to chase Jessica's dream of becoming a famous recording artist and she achieved that dream so much so that she was then doing tons of performances promotional appearances touring etc and of course because it was the popular thing at the time she needed to have backup dancers and since Ashley was such a great dancer of course Ashley got the job and used to literally be in the background while Jessica was performing now I don't think it's any mystery how Ashley's hit song, Shadow, (laughs) ended up getting written, right? I think about all the time how hard it must have been for Ashley to grow up with a sister like Jessica, somebody who is just picture perfect in so many ways and has this incredible talent from a very young age that leads to this massive mainstream success. A lot of people kind of look down on Jessica's pre newlyweds success as being in the shadow, ironically, of people like Britney and Christina. But Her first album sold 4 million copies worldwide. Jessica was one of the highest selling artists of that era. She really was, even before Newlyweds. So you just think to yourself, wow, you know, being four years younger and also wanting to be a performer, but not really knowing what your place is and just kind of dancing in the background. What must have been going through young Ashley's mind? So Ashley was pulled out of school to tour with Jessica, and she ended up finishing high school early at age 16, and then she was free to pursue acting, singing, dancing, and whatever else she wanted full time. But she was always on tour with Jessica, right? So everything is Jessica's schedule. You know, what time do I have to be there for Jessica's performance? What time do I have to be there for Jessica's rehearsal? You know, oh, Jessica has a photo shoot today, so I have the day off, you know, things like that. And I think it's really hard when your life is controlled by your sister like that. I mean, that absolutely lends itself to the song Shadow, right? You completely understand how that song was created. But Jessica actually has stated many times that it was always Ashley that seemed to be the superstar of the family and that everyone thought that Ashley would be the one who would have that type of success. When we were younger, Ashley was definitely the one that everybody thought would be A huge entertainer because I mean, she was dancing
0: by the time she was one and a half. Yeah, but you were, every time you'd open your voice, it was just
1: like everybody was like. The first instance that I can find where it was reported and written about that Ashley was going to follow in Jessica's footsteps as a recording artist is all the way back in October 2001. So the album's released in July 2004, so that is kind of a long road, especially when you're so young, you know, time seems to go so much slower. I think we all have seen the Ashley Simpson show a million times, right? Where Ashley says over and over again, I worked so hard to get here and it's been such a long road to get here. And I can't believe my album is finally out. And this is so surreal. And a lot of people balked at that. They were like, you worked so hard to get here. Like your sister got you here. You know, you got handed this record deal. But she really was working on this and planning this since October of 2001. Jessica had a tour date in Fresno, California, and it was a very special show because Ashley decided she was not going to dance for Jessica anymore, that she was ready to pursue her own career. She actually had an offer at the time to join a girl group that apparently would have thrown her instantly into the spotlight. So this was posted on Jessica's message board on her official website where Jessica and Joe would often post messages directly to fans it was also written on the website that Ashley also had offers to do her own quote solo thing and that she was trying to decide which way to go so to go with the girl group or the solo act same thing as Britney Spears right do you guys remember that Britney Spears was in that group Innocence for like I don't know, 45 minutes before her and her mother were like, mm, yeah, like Brittany, Brittany can do this on her own. We're we're going to we're going to pass." And Ashley made the same decision. She also started going to acting classes and auditioning for movies at the same time. When Joe posted about this, he finished the post by saying, "I only wish I had all those choices when I was 17," which I thought was very telling, right? Cuz I think we all think about these stage parents that we see all the time, you know, Chris Jenner and Lynn Spears and Joe Simpson and Dina Lohan and people like that that you know you really wonder like how much how much of this was actually Ashley and Jessica's idea, and how much of it was the parents or you know how much did Lindsay really want to keep? making movies or did Dina force her you know and you guys know from my Lindsay series if you've heard that that I actually defend Dina a lot I think Dina made a lot of decisions that didn't necessarily contribute to Lindsay's career and becoming a bigger star you know Dina chose many times to keep Lindsay in school and you know sometimes she seemed like a super stage mom and other times she didn't and I think it's it's hard because the lines are really blurred when your parents are your managers and by Joe stating I only wish I had all those choices when I was 17 it shows a little bit. But like, well, I'm gonna live through my daughters now. We all know from the Ashley Simpson show that Ashley started writing and recording her album with Stan Fraser and Steve Fox.
0: Stan Fraser and Steve Fox are two songwriters I'm working with on my new album. I Stan is the drummer in Sugar A, and Steve is a writer that works with him. do want your money, Don't need your God, cause just got <laughs> <laughs> And like with these guys, we all just like bonded so fast, and they just really saw like the picture of like what I wanted to do.
1: And I'm half as old. And she actually was working with them as early as July of 2002. So that's two full years before Autobiography comes out. So they were really building a strong friendship and a strong foundation to have a certain level of comfort. And I think you really need that level of comfort when you're writing songs with somebody because you're kind of bearing your soul. And I think it's a very vulnerable thing to come to somebody and say, I wrote this song, what do you think of it? She actually met Stan Fraser when she was dancing for Jessica. And Jessica was doing a concert that Sugar Ray was also performing at. They spent a ton of time together. They were working on this punk ska style of music with a pop rock flair, and in July of 2002, Joe posted on Jessica's website that Ashley had not yet signed to a label, but that she had four labels vying for her contract. So that's really interesting, right? I wonder what four labels they were, because if you notice, Ashley didn't go straight to Columbia, which was Jessica's record label so I wonder if they passed on Ashley and maybe that contributed to the living in the shadow situation but you could tell that from the beginning Ashley was definitely trying to differentiate herself from Jessica because Jessica's first album only had one song that Jessica wrote on and the rest of the songs were provided for her it's not like she didn't relate to them and sing them beautifully but they were not written by Jessica whereas Ashley took a completely different approach. She was like, I want to be involved writing every single song on my album and I want it to be a different type of sound. I am not a pop star. I really love punk music. I grew up with a different type of sound being what I personally loved and I want to follow in the footsteps of my influences. I love a lot of
0: women from the 80s. <laughs> I love, like, Joan Jett and Chrissy Hines from the Pretenders and Blondie, Deborah Harry. Yeah, All those people are really inspiring to me because they're women and they just, like, really rock and they've got great style and great voices. I was born in 84, yeah. So I was totally not really a part of that generation. I kind of, like, went
1: back and, like, started
0: listening to it. And I just, you know, I think those girls are so
1: Around the time that she started writing and recording demos with Stan Frazier and Steve Fox, she landed the role on Seventh Heaven and started filming. She played a character named Cecilia, and she later described how she actually had a ton of downtime on set and that's very common, you know, because it takes forever to do all of the setups and things like that. Sometimes even if you're the lead in a show, you're waiting hours after you get to the set to actually film. And so during her downtime, she would write songs in her trailer and she would even invite Stan and Steve and Ryan Cabrera and other musical friends of hers to come write with her. They actually had to like kind of bang on the door of her trailer and be like, Ashley, (laughs) we need you on set. In October of 2002, she posted on Jessica's forum that she was really enjoying her time on 7th Heaven and thanked fans for commenting on how much they loved her on 7th Heaven. But she said that music was actually something that was on her mind all the time and that she wanted to do punk rock And it wasn't going to be hardcore punk, but it was going to be like a pop punk rock kind of thing, which of course she did stay true to because that's exactly what autobiography is. In... November 2002, this album came out called Schools Out Christmas, which was a compilation album of all these different Christmas songs by different artists. And her song is called Christmas Past, Present, and Future, which is track number 12. This is Ashley's first publicly released recording. And I mean, is it the greatest song in the world? No, it's really not. But we do get one of those Ashley, you know, uh, sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I just did that. But You all know what I'm talking about. If you're a fan of Ashley, you have to love those little noises that she makes, you know? So this wasn't like a smash hit song or anything. It went completely under the radar, but it was a milestone for Ashley because it was the first time that she appeared on a real album. She continued working on her music in between takes on the set of 7th Heaven and auditioning for other things. But then she really started to pivot away from acting, and I think her heart just wasn't fully in it with 7th Heaven. She was getting... Some fan attention and praise for being on such a successful show. But she expressed many times that her heart was really with her music. And she even started doing some promotional appearances with Jessica. In the summer of 2003, they were on TRL together. Because I think Joe just really wanted Jessica's fans to get a little bit familiar with Ashley. Just to kind of plant a seed in their minds that she would be coming out with music soon. Ashley actually scored a major win in the summer of 2003 when a song that she co-wrote with Steve Fox, who is Stan Frazier's production partner, called Just Let Me Cry, appeared on the Freaky Friday soundtrack, which was actually a major soundtrack at the time. It did pretty well on the charts. Music is a pretty Important part of the movie Freaky Friday because Lindsay Lohan obviously is in a band and Just Let Me Cry wasn't as popular as the main song from the movie Take Me Away or the song that Lindsay Lohan sang called Ultimate, but it still was featured in that key scene where Lindsay is wearing the same shirt as another girl in school. So she takes off her shirt and turns it inside out and she's like, Oh, this is cool, right? Like, this is like a style. I love that part. And I actually really enjoy the song. I think that Just Let Me Cry is the perfect like teen angst song, you know, where Ashley sings, it's just a breakdown and happens all the time. So get out of my face. Don't even try. You want to help me? Just let me cry. And I just feel like that is like me at 13 being like, leave me alone, mom. I just have to cry. Okay. Like, I just want to be alone right now. You know, that was the perfect teenage song. Very soon after that, in August, Ashley signed to Geffen Records and Geffen president Jordan Scher, who we see in the Ashley Simpson show many times, said in the press release, she's got the voice to spark a movement in a music. She's capable of writing songs that can be around in 10 years. More like 20, honey, (laughs) because I still play that album all the time. In September 2003, Ashley talked to teen people about her music and her look. She said that she was working on an album that should be out next summer, adding that it had a, quote, punky vibe. And she also talked a little bit about her look and how it's always changing. She said that she couldn't change her look that much while she was on the show Seven Heaven because, of course, her character has a certain look. But she says that even just the way that she dresses, you know, some days she's super girly and other days she dresses like a boy. And I think that's funny because we always see that on her show. You know, she'll say like, I'm a boy. And Tina will be like, you are not a boy. And Jessica's like, you are not a boy. You're a pretty girl. Like, what are you talking about? But... I think Ashley really has this duality that a lot of people really express today, like that back then wasn't as popular. So Ashley said, one day I'll be into purple eyeshadow, the next day I'll just wear gloss and men's clothes. And I totally relate to that because I remember when I was growing up, teen magazines were such a popular thing and I read them all. You know, my favorite was Cosmo Girl. I had a subscription to that, but I also read Teen People and YM and J14 and Teen Beat and Tiger Bead and all of those. And I was always reading about like, People asking, you know, what's your personal style? Or how would you describe your style? And I never knew how to describe my style. I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like dressing one way. Another time I feel like dressing another. Like why does everybody always have to label everything and compartmentalize into I am this or I am that? It's like, why can't you just be what you feel like being that day? Seventeen Magazine also caught up with Ashley Simpson and she said – of her album expect fun rock music and moody ballads with a twist i love writing my own song and performing them live will be amazing in november 2003 ashley announced on the craig Kilborn show that she was getting her own mtv reality show and this was her first ever talk show appearance i cannot find a clip of that but i do have the transcript so craig says you just got your own show Ashley replies, yes, I am so excited. I just got my own reality show, so I'm real excited. It's about making my album and doing all that kind of stuff. He says, when did you get the big show? Ashley says, well, I just shot the pilot for it. It was when I signed my record deal. Then it got picked up and now they're with me all the time. Craig asked her if it was annoying. She says, no, I kind of like it. The crew is like really cool. If they were not cool, I would be like, go away. But it's fun. I have been working on my album for a while. I just signed three months ago. I have been working on my album for probably like a year now. And right now for the past three months, we have been getting really, really serious about it. It's sort of like developed into this cool sound because I like punk music and rock music. Craig said, so that's the kind of music we're going to hear from you. And Ashley replies, yes, I love punk. So it's influenced by that. And I've always been that kind of out there child. Craig asks if she was the wild one in the family and she says, I have always liked the shock value. I went to ballet school when I was 11 years old. My parents came to get me and I had bright orange hair and piercings. They were all fake. I wanted to get my parents to freak out and they did. Craig asked if she wrote her own music or if people write them for her and Ashley says, I write them. He asked what are some of the song titles that she has written so far and she says I have a song called sold me out about all the people that have sold me out in my life there's another song called hurt for you and another song called fly away we hear that one on the Ashley Simpson show which I really freaking wish that we could get a full demo of fly away as well as there's this other song that she does on The early episodes of The Ashley Simpson Show, and it's like wild horses.
0: You're all so excited to be riding together. So we decided that we would just stay up all night and just write music. Totally exceeded my expectations yeah. of what we get accomplished here so no, far. Exciting. So I can't wait to get back and play it for all the dudes at the label for know, Jordan cool. and Steve. That'll and be awesome.
1: That one I wish we could hear because I don't know, just the, just the melody of that song. It just like gets stuck in my head. And then there's that other song that they're working on. I think in the same episode where they're in New York and Ashley still has blonde hair. And she like throws up the middle finger and she's like saying F you to somebody. And it's about Hollywood. Maybe that's the song that she's talking about on this show about getting sold out. There's something fun and mysterious
0: about writing, you know, this world that's in your head that you can just tap into. <laughs> Steve Fox is my producer and really good friend. Like, he's taught me so much about writing and about music. Sometimes I get down, guys. So we're on top and I'll, I'll, we'll just look at each other. People in Hollywood take away the good. I'm not going home, but I know I should. In my <laughs>
1: As much as I love autobiography, how it turned out, you know, it all worked out for the best. It's a near perfect, if not perfect album. I do really wonder what a fully produced by Steve and Stan version of autobiography would sound like. I think it would be a little bit grittier. I think it would be a little bit more punk. And I just wish... That whoever has these demos, maybe you could accidentally, I don't know, attach them to an email that you're sending to Jessica at gmail.com. Just an idea. Ashley said that writing these songs had been very therapeutic for her. And I guess Craig like made a face or something because she goes, I know, I know, I'm only 19 years old. And I do think it's interesting, right? Like, I want to hear more about this song, Sold Me Out. Like, how many people possibly could have sold you out by the time you were 19? But I guess when your family's in the entertainment industry, these things happen. So Craig asks, so the show on MTV is going to be about the development of this album. Ashley replies, yes, it goes through the whole process of me actually getting signed. There's moments of us being in the studio and laughing. Then I'm by myself and sort of going through something. It's fun. I think it will be inspiring. And I think what she's talking about going through something is going through her breakup with Josh, which is profiled in the first episode of The Ashley Simpson Show. Craig, of course, he has to ask because of Jessica and the whole chicken of the sea thing, which is very, very big at this time. Craig asks, do you have to kind of say ditzy things on your show or not? And Ashley says, oh no, not at all. And Craig replies, what will you say to get excited about? Ashley says, I want people to see the actual process of an album and how much work goes into it and all that kind of stuff. It's not about the funny comments. It's sort of more about music. I am obsessed with so many musical artists. So I love that, right? That Ashley already... At this young age, she had a very clear vision for what she wanted to do with this show. And I think that a lot of people just kind of thought of Ashley as like this industry plant or this puppet being pushed out and being handed everything. But she actually really did know what she wanted and have an idea for what she wanted to show the world. And she knew that she didn't want to show the world the same thing as Jessica. You know, this wasn't going to be Newlyweds. As fabulous as Newlyweds is, and you guys know how much I love that show, but she wasn't just going to say dissy comments and it's funny because I think at the beginning of the Ashley Simpson show you do kind of see that they're trying to show her being stupid like there's a time where she can't figure out the elevator or something like that and you know there's the other episode where she's moving into her own apartment for the first time out of her parents house and Tina's trying to teach her how to clean and she's like how do I clean the floor and all that kind of stuff but it wasn't the same as Jessica, right? Like Jessica's personality, that could never have been manufactured. And one thing that I always noticed about the Ashley Simpson show on these rewatches that I've done as an adult is Joe knew what he was doing, right? A major part of Ashley's success is the fact that Joe Simpson created newlyweds with Jessica and Nick, right? As I've reported before on this podcast, MTV was originally going to do it with Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley, which just take a second and think about what that would have been like, okay? And of course they didn't end up doing it and then it went through different stages. I would love to know what other couples they considered for it before they landed on Jessica and Nick, but at the same time that MTV had this dead project of this newlywed show, Joe came up with this idea of how great would it be to have Jessica and Nick in their first year of marriage on a reality show, just kind of trying to figure it out. And very few celebrities had reality shows at this time. I mean, by the time was premiered, the Osbournes existed and the Surreal Life. And honestly, there wasn't a lot of other celebrity reality out there. It was more shows like Survivor and Big Brother that were the big shows, not necessarily celebrity shows. So I think Joe really had this kind of genius insight to... Not only create newlyweds, but then he kind of saw what worked and didn't work with newlyweds. And he saw that Jessica's record sales skyrocketed to levels that they had never been at before she was on reality television. And he realized like, okay, so if you actually show this person's personality and who they really are people get invested in them as a human being. And therefore, they get invested in the music. And with Ashley, that was only going to work even more with Jessica because, yes, Jessica wrote a lot of her songs that ended up being really successful after Newlywed, such as With You was one of the you know biggest ones, of course. But Ashley wrote every single song on her album. And so as we're getting to know her through this show... We just become so attached to her, especially me as a tween, right? Like, I mean, when you're a tween, everything is just amplified times a million. So like after, I would say about three minutes of Ashley's show, I was hooked and I was just like, I will love this person forever. And here I am 20 years later, (laughs) almost 20 years, I guess 18 years later, still talking about it. So Joe definitely knew what he was doing and I think the Ashley Simpson show is a lot more polished than newlyweds like there's some newlyweds episodes that are just like the most random like the first episode of newlyweds is literally just like this compilation of clips from a period of months you know it doesn't really have a storyline it's just kind of like okay here's what these two are like (laughs) thrown together right but the Ashley Simpson show does have more of a storyline And it really follows Ashley through this journey of creating her album. You know, it starts with her having Stan and Steve and working on these more gritty songs that are a little bit more rock, a little bit more punk. And then her record label is not satisfied with these songs. And then they bring in these super producers. John Shanks, Kara Diaguardi, Greg Wells to write and produce with Ashley and give her a more polished sound. So they didn't want to eliminate that punk rock altogether, but they just wanted to add a little bit more pedigree to it with these tried and true creators that had had other successes in the music industry up until that point. You know, they brought in The Matrix that was really big at the time as well. And John Feldman, like it just had a different taste to it than it originally had but it was still true to Ashley it was just a little bit more polished and a little bit more pop because even though we know that Ashley would have preferred to go in a full punk rock direction I think that pop music was so big at the time that they just they wanted to reel her in a little bit and to this day I still wonder what Stan Fraser and Steve Fox thought of the whole thing How they felt because they had written so many songs with Ashley, like dozens and dozens of songs and she had recorded a ton of demos and she really loved those songs and I'm sure they did too. And then the label was just like, sorry, like, yeah, we like this. It's okay. But we're going to come in and polish this. So I really wonder how Ashley feels about the final product of autobiography. And if she were to come out with music today that was her own music, not with Evan, but her own music, would it be more rock? Would it be more pop, punk, folk music? Would it just be her singing with, you know, a guitar? Like, what would it be? I'm very curious because she really did go on that journey during the Ashley Simpson show and we all saw that. And I'm so thankful that we all saw that because it really made me fall in love with Ashley on a deeper level. And it's funny because watching it now, I see like, oh my God, you know, she can be kind of bratty and she's late all the time and she doesn't seem to really be grasping or like understanding or feeling how lucky she is that she gets to make this album. I mean, this one in a billion opportunity and she kind of just is so casual about it, you know? But as a kid, I didn't notice that at all. I just looked up to her. I just thought she was the coolest, like most rock and roll, like girl on planet earth. Like I just fell madly in love with her. And I know that you guys did too. So on March 19th, 2004, Ashley had its first blog post where Ashley posted a clip of her first single, which would go on to be iconic Pieces of me. And every time I look back on things like this, I just think, wow, you know, she had no idea. Like, it almost brings a tear to my eye. Like, she had no idea how successful she was about to become. And it literally just says, in all lowercase, hi, period. Welcome to my website, period. (laughs) And Ashley writes, hi. Here I am in the recording studio working on my first album and then she posts a cute picture. She continues, it will be coming out in early summer. In the meantime, I'll be posting at this website to keep you updated on the album. Take a listen to a clip of my new song, Pieces of Me. In April of 2004, she posted another message on ashleysimpsonmusic.com and said, My series will show people all the hard work it takes to cut an album, and I'm excited for everyone to see this and live it right along with me. I'm really proud of everything that I've accomplished, and I can't wait for the MTV audience to see it for themselves. So let's talk a little bit more about the inspiration for the album and how all of this got off the ground. Ashley said that initially when she had been recording all of these demos with Stan and Steve, which was really something that she took her own initiative to do, right? Like it wasn't like her dad set her up with Stan and Steve. I think this is a very important distinction, right? Like Ashley met Stan at that Jessica Simpson concert and just bonded with him. And it seems like she was even closer with Steve once Stan introduced the two of them. I just get such a good vibe from him and I do wonder like he was older than her but I do wonder if they dated because like they just seem when you watch the show they seem to have such an intimate bond and I don't even know like I'm not trying to be gross and say that they dated because I don't even know how much like older he is than her but maybe it wasn't dating. Maybe it was just like a really great working friendship and relationship, but they just seem to like get each other and they're they're so comfortable around each other. It's really a beautiful thing. And I love that Ashley kind of found that for herself, right? Like that wasn't something where Joe met, I don't know, who's the big record producer, like Diane Warren or something, you know, and said, here, Ashley, write a song with her. You know, it wasn't like that. It was – ashley organically just meeting this person backstage at a jessica simpson show and just bonding with him you know and finally her dad listened to a lot of these demos that she had done with stan and steve and was like okay i have to take you to some record labels and Ashley actually revealed to Cosmopolitan Magazine that there were a lot of labels that turned her down because she wanted to do an indie type of thing. And they basically just wanted her to be like Jessica or for her to be like Hillary Duff or Kelly Clarkson. And she was like, listen, I love and respect those people. And we all remember that moment on the Ashley Simpson show where she's like, I'm no Hillary Duff, you know, she's like, look, I love those artists, but that's just not me. Like, I am not my sister. I am not Hillary Duff. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. And, you know, she has this influence of Stan and Steve who are encouraging her to like, it's like, yeah, Ashley, just be yourself. And so she started writing a lot about her personal life. And she was in this very serious relationship with Josh Henderson, which it's so funny because you watch the first episode of the Ashley Simpson show and this guy doesn't even seem that special, right? And you think, God, he inspired like, these amazing songs, like undiscovered and unreachable, like how, you know what I mean? But I mean, I think when we're teenagers, we just, you know, you fall in love and it just feels like the whole world revolves around that person. And if they don't love you, you'll just die. Like that whole type of thing really created some beautiful songs. And so Ashley was asked about the album Inspiration And she says, she does have a lot of songs about current and past boyfriends. And she says, I don't care if the former lovers care about me writing about them in songs. My family thinks it's great. I mean, I've never written a mean thing about them and they're so happy with the record. They think that it's awesome that I wrote about Josh in Unreachable and everything. I had to. I had to get it out. You know what I mean? I think that you just don't tell them. And... This was an interview with IGN. So IGN said, so you just do it? And Ashley says, you just do it. And then they hear it and they go, oh man, I fucked up. Which yes, Josh did fuck up because remember that episode where Ashley is sitting with Jessica and she plays that voicemail that Josh left her and you can't even like tell what he's saying because there's so much cursing in it that they bleep it all. And Jessica says, oh my God, like I would never even say that about my worst enemy and, and all of that. And it's like, yeah, you did fuck up because like you dumped this girl right before she became a superstar. Ashley also discussed how shy she used to be living in the shadow of Jessica because she felt like Jessica was such a good singer that, you know, Ashley didn't even want to say like, oh, hi, like I'm over here. I sing too. You know, I mean, God, imagine like remember how amazing Jessica was at the beginning of her career? Like not that she isn't now, but you know, she doesn't sing as much. And it's like, Imagine having that as your sister, like the I want to love you forever singer as your sister, right? Of course, you're going to be too shy to sing in front of people. Ashley says, I was scared I wouldn't be good enough. So I would wait until everyone was out of the house and then I would go to my room and sing. While everyone else was copying Mariah Carey, I looked up to Alanis Morissette. Jagged Little Pill was my first album. Ashley revealed, I bought it without my parents knowing when I was 11. My mom was mad that it had the F word on it, so when my friends bought me tickets to the concert, she wouldn't let me go. I was so angry that I said the F word, and my mom washed my mouth out with soap. I can't believe her mom actually washed her mouth out with soap. Like, I always heard about that when I was growing up, but my parents never actually did it. So Ashley received a ton of criticism, Obviously, after the SNL incident, which we will get to and we will talk about, but she was actually receiving criticism even before anyone even really got to know her. David Letterman joked during his late show monologue about the Ashley Simpson show saying, Do you like MTV? They are working on a new reality show starring Jessica Simpson's younger sister, Ashley. Here's the scary part they say she's the dumb one. How uncalled for. Like this is a young girl. This is an 18, 19 year old girl. And you're saying she's the dumb one compared to Jessica when everyone else is saying, you know, Jessica's such an idiot and she doesn't even know chicken from tuna. Like I just, I don't know. Like I like David Letterman. I've always enjoyed his show and I love his celebrity interviews. I mean, of course there are some that, you know, obviously we've all looked back on and thought were pathetic, like interviews with Lindsay in Paris. But uh, and generally, I like David Letterman, but it's just so crazy to me to think about like a 50-year-old man talking about like an 18, 19-year-old girl being like, oh, she's the dumb one. Ha ha ha. It's like, get a life, dude. In 2018, Ashley did an interview with Vice looking back on The Ashley Simpson Show, and they said, "Rewatching The Ashley Simpson Show, it's amazing how you held on to your creative vision for autobiography and stood up to the record label executives. What was that experience like? Ashley replies, Even when I danced with my sister on tour, I had my guitar player come be the guitar tech. I was writing songs at 15. I was into rock and I was this girl figuring myself out. I knew what I wanted the album to sound like. I think it's an interesting thing with labels and whatnot. I had a great insight because I had an older sister in the industry and so I was able to see how labels run and dictate how a person should act or look or sound. I was able to see Jessica be strong and I was able to say exactly how I saw myself. Yes, Ashley. I'm exhausted. We
0: comped Hollywood and it came out really good. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan's heard a few of the songs so far. Now he has to hear the demos. So it's always kind of scary because, you know, it's something that you've been working on. You're like, oh, please like it. Please like it. I said we call it, Stan and I are going to stay on, we're going to cut some stuff, we're going to comp. We'll make good on, on making everything hooked up. I'm getting a little nervous to turn the demos into Jordan.
1: Vice asks, when you look back, are you surprised by how assured you were standing up to the record executives? Ashley replies, for sure. When I look back on my career, I'm like, God, I had something to say and I was able to be vulnerable, tough, and stand up for who I was. Even when the world was crazy and sometimes it felt that people were hard on me, I had the most amazing fans. I was able to be so strong. Ugh, it means the world to me that she can look back on it all these years later and see that strength and see that individuality. Because I think, again, a lot of people thought that she was just this like manufactured puppet of the industry, but she wasn't. She had such a clear vision of who she was. And she had seen how Jessica had been treated and she just had such fantastic insight from that. Like I think it's almost more valuable the insight that she had having Jessica as a sister when compared with the connections that she received as a result of Jessica's success.
0: I got this phone call from Steve. It was basically to talk about Jordan, the president of my record company. Didn't like the demos. I know, like all my friends loved it and everything, you know? Guys, I want you to refocus your direction. It's gotta be edgy like Hilary Duff and Kelly Parkson. I don't want to be like those people. Hilary Duff, are you kidding me? I don't want people to want me to be like Hilary Duff. I think she's a doll and has you know her thing going for it but i don't want to be like that
1: most people do not care and
0: they did this to my sister they made her try to be like britney spears and that her up because that's not who she is it was just really scary to think that oh no where's my album going now like why can't I just be myself? What's the point in being, you know, an artist if I'm gonna be like Hillary Duff?
1: Whatever it is, I just want you to know we're in it all
0: together, you know? I'm gonna go grab some lunch and just try to think about something else for a minute, and then we are gonna fight for it and whatever, you know?
1: Vice continues One of my favorite bits of the show is when you say you don't wanna be like Hillary Duff. Ashley replies, I love Hillary, she's like my dear friend. But, Vice continues, it's when you say that if that's what the label wants, then you don't want to make a record. Hey, I'm so…
0: I'm just pissed off at Jordan because you know what I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do a record like he wants me to do it I mean and you can tell him I mean I'll tell him to his face I'm not doing a record with you I'm out if you're gonna make me do a cheesy album He's so worried that it's not gonna be a huge hit It's just frustrating because I know that I can go do movies and stuff like that and it's not even I don't know And I'm giving all that up for him so I wish he would just Oof and I won't be, I won't be like Jessica. I'm not, I don't, I've, I've never liked that kind of music. I'm never going to do that kind of music. I, I, I'm out, I'm out. If he's going to have me do something I don't want to do. I don't want to have a record then.
1: Ashley replies, I definitely didn't want to be told what to do, how to be, or what I should sound like or look like. And now it's interesting because you can now not be with a label and put music out yourself. But when I look back, I'm like, high five, Ashley. <laughs> yes. High five, Ashley. And I mean, as far as this whole Hillary Duff thing goes, it blows my mind that that's who Jordan told Steve Fox that Ashley had to be edgy like. I mean, I could understand if he said, we want you to be edgy like Courtney Love. I could even understand edgy like Pink. Like Pink isn't truly edgy, but she's edgy compared to Jessica, right? But there was no more cookie cutter, Disney princess type of singer than Hilary Duff. I mean, I don't think anyone would consider her edgy, but I know that Ashley was working with some of the same producers that Hillary was working with on her latest release, which was her self-titled... September 2004 album and I actually really like that album and it does sound a bit different from her first album because she was going with a more rock sound on that but it's still very like Disney rock like it's you know radio Disney type of sounding like that album doesn't go hard it's more like I don't know there's just something about Ashley's album that is more raw and real where I like believe her like I believe every word that she's saying whereas I feel like Hillary Duff's album is more like okay I'm gonna try to be edgy now what should I what should I sing you know what I mean like I just don't buy Hillary Duff as much as a rock artist and I completely buy Ashley like that like I think at the time it was very pop rock and a little bit of punk in there but I think if Ashley right now became the front woman of a band or something, I could totally see her going full rock and it being authentic, you know? And I think that's why she was offended by the Hillary Duff comment because it's like, God, you know, this girl's on the cover of Blender magazine wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt and is like – still so connected to Lizzie McGuire and all this stuff and that's just there's nothing wrong with that look I'm a Hillary Duff fan I loved her in this era but I think that Ashley was just like that's not me and she was just so tired of people putting other things on you because as someone in the entertainment industry I can tell you like I'm nowhere near fame like I'm not famous at all like but even so your people are always trying to tell you like well you know you're this type and you're like this actress. So don't try to get these type of parts because you're more of like a Reese Witherspoon type. So why are you trying to get more of a Juliet Lewis role? And it's like because I'm a freaking actor. I can act. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can act different. But it's like no. They want to know exactly how do we market you? What box do we put you in? What is the easiest route to us making our money back that we've put into you? And so that's what that phone call was about. And so Ashley spoke to us weekly about this and she goes, it's just that I don't sound like Hillary Duff. I don't mean that in a mean way, but I'm not trying to be a pop star or a rock star. I used to think I couldn't sing, but I have this raspy rock voice. And the thing with Ashley, like Ashley really can sing. Can she sing like Jessica? No, but here's the thing. Jessica can't sing like Ashley and which one is better depends on your personal preference. I mean, I know some Ashley stands that like, hands down, they're like, oh my God, I love Ashley's voice 10 times more than Jessica's. Whereas other people would argue, oh no, like Jessica's the singer. And it's like, there's all types of voices and all types of singers and all types of artists. And I just think it's a shame that so many labels feel the need to put their artists in such tight little boxes, which is why I think it's so great that now you can literally just release something you know the way jessica released particles you know she's not signed to a record label right now it's just it is what it is she can just put it out and i think that that is probably one of the best things to happen to the music industry in a really long time even though a lot of artists will tell you well i don't make shit <laughs> i don't make any money off of it if i just like put it out like that but i imagine even if ashley did like a patreon or something and she was like okay like five dollars a month and you get access to my songs um i would be the first subscriber i would be like hello i'm here (laughs) and i just love seeing her acknowledge that you could put music out yourself like i know that she knows that but jesus i wish she would put music out herself oh my god oh my god that would truly be that would be something i went into
0: jordan's office i was really scared when i was walking in there because i didn't know it was gonna happen it's not every day when i get involved and say all right listen you're not singing on these demos man Right. You know, it's not, you have a tremendous talent. You have great pipes, and you're not singing. You're When you came in here, I signed
1: you because you bounced off of all the walls, okay? We listened to your music. You didn't give a sh-. You were right. like, you know, f*** everyone. I'm sorry. There's just way too many artists that aren't breaking through, right. that have tremendous promise with everything in the world. You know, here you are coming off of a TV show. you got a zillion things going on. To me, it doesn't mean I I don't care about any of that. I care about your record being great. We've got to take the time now and put you with half a dozen of the greatest producers and writers.
0: Honestly, I'm really excited to work with other people too. I think it'll be fun. And I know that with Steven Stan, that we wrote like 18, 20 songs. I'm sure there's something that could be, you know. We're going to find out. It's just really scary. I have a record coming out and it's really important for me that I put it out the right way.
1: Vice continues, it's amazing how autobiography has not aged. How do you view it now? Ashley replies, it was my first album. When we were making it, I was in the studio every day and it was a magical moment. I'm very proud of it. Oh my gosh. You know, I was just telling Jackie the other day, we met up for drinks because I was in LA and we actually went to the Hideaway, which is Evan Ross's restaurant. We were talking about how Jackie lives in the LA area. I live in the New York area. We see celebrities all the time, but... You know, normally I don't go up to them unless it's at a press event or it's something where I know they're already on and they're expecting fans to come up to them. If I just run into someone, I usually don't say anything. But if I ran into Ashley, she would be like one of the very few people that I would just have to run up to and say, girl, please, please understand the impact that you made with this album and how much we love you and how special you are and how much you deserve to have 10 more albums come out if that's what you want. You know, maybe that's just what I want, but (laughs) I'm hoping Ashley wants it too. On May 17th, 2004, Ashley had a very big day because it was her last episode on 7th Heaven. And it was the same day that Pieces of Me was released as a single. So it was one chapter closing and another opening. And Ashley said, I'm going to miss being on set every day, but I've always had a passion for music and I think it's time I explored it. Yes, honey. And it's just, it's so funny to think like that Ashley appeared on 7th Heaven up until May 2004. Like by the time her album came out, it was like she was a different person. Like sure, you know, she was good on 7th Heaven. Like I'm not a fan of that show. So I just feel like that was holding her back. You know what I mean? So like I said, May 17th was a big day for Ashley. She appeared on TRL. She premiered the Pieces of Me video. On June 2nd, she came back and perform the song the video did not debut on the countdown's top 10 until july 19th however it reached number one for the first time on august 4th and remained on the countdown through september 13th the shadow video premiered the following day and took the place of pieces of me on the countdown or else it probably would have continued to be on it because that was oh my god such a massive song So Pieces of Me peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100, which is shocking to me because it was such a huge song and it's still the song that everybody knows. I'm always surprised at these chart positions, you know, like you expect that it would have been a number one or number two song at least, but it hit number five and the CD single was released by Geffen Records on June 29th and debuted at number three in single sales. Billboard ranked the song at number 97 on their 2017 list of the 100 greatest choruses of the 21st century. I agree, it is a fantastic chorus. And at number 26 on their 2020 list of the 50 greatest minivan rock songs, whatever that means. According to an article in the Los Angeles Times, 97 stations added Pieces of Me to their playlists in the week ending on May 17th. 2004 which it said was the strongest week for any single in 2004 at that point in the year pieces of me remained on the top 50 on the hot 100 chart until november it also reached number one on the billboard top 40 tracks chart the single was certified gold in october 2004 and platinum in january 2005 Pieces of Me was ranked at number 39 on Billboard's 2004 year-end Hot 100 singles and tracks chart and number 36 on the year-end Hot 100 singles sales chart. So Ashley was asked many times about this song and we all know from the show who this song is about because we see Ashley go from this serious relationship with Josh where he breaks up with her and she's devastated and then she writes unreachable about it and then she starts seeing Ryan Cabrera who was this upcoming musician that her father Joe Simpson also managed. Ryan had actually lived in Ashley's house when she still lived at home with Joe and Tina because when it was time for Ryan to move to LA and really pursue his career, Joe was managing him. So he said, well, you could just come live with me. And if you read Jessica's book, you know that it was kind of common for Joe and Tina to take people in that needed help, you know, whether it was a very serious issue or it was just, hey, I'm trying to pursue a career and Joe's helping me out. I need somewhere to stay. And so Ryan actually lived with Ashley for a year. So they built this really good friendship. And many people have speculated, was this a PR relationship? I think especially now that we're older and we watch the show back, we say to ourselves, well, this looks very set up. And I do think it was set up by Joe. Like, I do think Joe told Ashley, like, look, we're going to have a romantic interest for you on the show and it's going to be Ryan. But I do think that their relationship ended up becoming real As time went on, right? And who knows, maybe they even hooked up before. They were living together for a year before Ashley even had her album come out, right? So who knows what the real story is. But I do think that these two did mean a lot to each other back in the day. And when Ashley was asked, who is Pieces of Me about? She replied, That song is about my best friend, Ryan Cabrera. My dad is managing him. He's got his album out, and I've got mine coming out. It's about being so stressed out, and then at the end of the day, seeing him, and it all goes away.
0: The reason I chose pieces need to be the single, it's one of those songs, it's like a feel-good song. And I wanted my first single to be like one of those songs that just, it's easy to listen to. Every time I perform it, or listen to it, or whatever, it's just like, like, it just feels good. And I wrote it about... Um, this guy was seeing me at the time and he was there for me during the making of my record.
1: She was then asked, you appear in Ryan's new video on the way down and you kiss him at the end. Are you two dating? Ashley replies, we're having fun. I really like him. More than anything, he is my best friend. My dad is managing him and because I'm 19, I don't want to be too serious right now. I want to enjoy my first album and not worry about a guy. Yes. Oh my God. If I could tell anything to 19, well, maybe more 18 year old me. I'm just thinking about like the guys that were in my life at that time. But I would tell her, don't worry about these guys. Enjoy your freaking life. You know what I mean? Like this is not going to last forever. Just enjoy your life and worry about you. So I love that at 19 she had that insight. But maybe it's because her and Ryan were more like best friends than lovers, right? And they just kind of had to play out the romantic aspect of the relationship on the show. That's basically what I think, you know. Do I think they hooked up and all of that? Sure, of course, you know. They're two young people. They're both good-looking. They're both talented. They're both, like, cute and funny. They're in the same industry. They lived together for a year. Like, of course, yeah. Like, it could be a PR relationship and you can still have a little fun, you know. I do think these two really cared about each other, though. Whether or not it was like, oh, I'm in love. I don't know about that, but I do think they really cared about each other and still do because Ashley was literally just at his wedding a couple months ago. Continuing this interview with Vice in 2018 where Ashley was looking back on autobiography, they said, The album really started to take shape when you met producer John Shanks and songwriter Cara Diaguardi. You had such chemistry. Ashley replies, Yes. I was talking to John the other day because Evan and I are getting ready to go on tour and I'm getting ready to sing pieces of me for everyone. But I had been writing with other people. I had worked with the Matrix on a song and then I met John and Kara. It was obvious that's where I was meant to be. It was magic. They said, what do you remember about writing pieces of me? Ashley said, I was in the studio when that hook came up. You know, when you write a song like that, you know it's going to be a good one. Kara, John and I all looked at each other like, This is the one. I always get chills when musical artists talk about that moment where they realize that song was the one. That always gives me chills, like that moment. It just like changes pop music history, you know? Pieces of Me received good reviews. 944 Magazine asked Ashley what it was like the first time that she heard her song on the radio. And Ashley said actually that it was Jessica who heard the song on the radio for the first time. And she started freaking out and saying, That's my little sister. And Called her and then Ashley turned on the radio in her apartment with her two best friends there and they all started jumping around and freaking out. So sweet. Of pieces of me, LA Weekly said... If you were conscious of music in the early 2000s and found yourself in the vicinity of a radio, you heard Ashley Simpson over and over again. The singer's breakout hit, 2004's Pieces of Me, was practically unavoidable during its multi-week domination of the charts. As a pop song, Pieces of Me is impossibly perfect. It also defies convention somewhat in his book 31 songs author nick hornby citing dave eggers suggests that we listen to songs repeatedly in an unconscious effort to unpack their secrets the puzzling structure of pieces of me is its ultimate hook the song's most recognizable segment on a Monday I am waiting, on Tuesday I am fading, resides in the verse, and each subsequent section, there are technically two pre-choruses, builds in sonic mass until all instrumentation abruptly recedes, save drums, a gently arpeggiated electric guitar, and Simpsons vocals. This structure makes pieces of me feel like an urgent ascent to a catharsis that never properly arrives. When Simpson finally gets to the song's refrain, her band seemingly evaporates and her vocals shed their multi tracked luster, hinting at a genuine vulnerability beneath the song's saccharine and synthetic surface. I agree. So, this song is definitely the most pop and the most commercial of every song off of Autobiography, right? And I think that if Ashley had her way, she wouldn't have put this out as the first single. I think that she would have worked with Stan and Steve on something that was more punk rock. I think it would have been more like early Gwen Stefani with No Doubt. That's my opinion based on all the research I've done and what I've seen in the Ashley Simpson show. But I do think that it was kind of brilliant for them to blend Ashley's edge That she had with more polished songwriters and producers to create the song. Because this song really is one of the most perfect pop songs of all time. You know I could go on as long as I went on about with you in the Jessica in the Skin episode. Like it's just one of those songs that is so pitch perfect literally in every way that it you can't find someone who hates this song. The music video is a little lacking because it really is just clips of the Ashley Simpson show, but I still love the music video because we get Ashley just lit perfectly. She looks so stunning in the video. I mean, her eyes, like those close-ups, And I mean, I think we all love that, you know, that pink outfit that she has on with the little punk shirt. It's almost like she's winking to the audience. Like she knows that she's not really punk, but like she wants to be. So she has like this little tank top that says punk. Like, I don't know. I just think... Like, I think she was in on the joke. On June 16th, 2004, history was made when the Ashley Simpson show premiered.
0: Hey, I'm Ashley Simpson and I'm 19 years old. Some of you guys might know me as Jessica Simpson's little sister. I just moved out of my parents' place and got my very own place. I worked up a sweat from that. I have a great boyfriend. I just signed a record deal with Geffen Records. This is not the end, not the beginning of the end, but the end of the beginning. It's a bit scary because I have so much work to do. There's so many other things when it comes to doing your album. There's writing, there's recording, there's marketing, there's styling, there's all these photo shoots. It's such an exciting time in my life. I can't wait to see what happens next.
1: I mean, what can I say? You know, I've talked about this before on this podcast, but I just remember being such a huge fan of Jessica and hearing about Ashley and seeing Ashley here and there when Jessica would do things. And then I remember starting to see the previews for the Ashley Simpson show. And I really feel like MTV kind of just curated my interests back in the day, like, I would watch TRL and they would introduce a new artist and I would be like, okay, I guess this is like what I'm doing now. I'm a fan of this person. Like it was just, here you go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Here's a new artist and you're going to like them because we're going to push them endlessly. And MTV, I mean, I can't think of another artist that MTV got behind so strongly with the exception of Britney Spears. I mean, MTV was really pushing Ashley Simpson and – it was right of them to do so because they had the goods. I mean, me as a tween, I was like, holy shit. Like, this woman is my idol. I love her. I looked up to her so much from the first episode. And it's so funny because now watching as an adult, I'm like, not that I don't still love her like I do, but it's just it's just funny because I think she really has a certain it factor that captured young people. And when I watch her now, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she was just a 19-year-old girl that didn't really know what she was doing but somehow had this beautiful talent for songwriting and – You know what I mean? It's just funny because she's kind of all over the place on the show. It's just a totally different perspective now. But I remember being so enamored with her. And I've said this – told this story before, but if you're new, I remember that summer that the Ashley Simpson show was airing, my dad's friend told us that we could spend a week at his vacation home at the Jersey Shore. And my dad was like, you can bring a friend – So my friend Gina and I, we had our own little room and we were in there and we were waiting for the Ashley Simpson show to come on. And my dad is like banging on the door and he's like, come on, we're going to the beach. And I was like, oh no, like we have to wait for a show to come on. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like we're at the beach. Like we have a free beach house where we're going to the beach. Get up. And we were like, no, because we want to see the episode again. And it was literally, we had already seen the premiere, you know, when the show would premiere, which was at. I don't remember what day was the Ashley Simpson show on. I don't even remember, but it was right after Newlyweds. And we had already seen the episode, but we were still waiting for the rerun because, right, this is 2004. You can't just, like, pull it up on an app. You have to sit there and wait for it. And that's exactly what we were doing. And my dad was like, are you freaking kidding (laughs) me? And I just think that really speaks to the power of Ashley Simpson at the time. Like, even though we had already seen the episode, it's not even like we were waiting for a new episode. This was like the middle of a day on a weekday at like 1 p.m. And we were like, we have to see it. So – It was that exciting that you just had to watch them over and over again. I mean, I did that with all the newlyweds and Ashley Simpson show episodes because they would replay all throughout the week. And I just, I mean, I was so into every single episode. It just seemed like I couldn't get enough. Ashley was asked by Cosmopolitan magazine, how did her reality show come about? And Ashley replied, My dad said, it's going to be good for you because people need to see your personality and see that you're not the same person as Jessica. They need to see how you make your record and that you're doing it yourself. They asked what's the hardest part of having your life taped 24-7? Ashley said, when I was talking to a new guy and I didn't want my ex-boyfriend to see. That is so relatable because I just feel like even with social media and stuff, when you're seeing a new guy, you're just kind of like, I don't know, like when do I tell people about this? When do I not? And as a celebrity, you kind of have to deal with like just people prying and prying and they're going to – You know, it's not even up to you to post it. They're going to post something. If you don't, they're going to get to the story first, you know? And that must be amplified even more when you have a reality show. I mean, dating is weird and hard enough without having your life filmed 24-7. They also asked Ashley, was there something you wish had been cut out of the show? And Ashley said, the ex-boyfriend thing, Josh. I'm glad they showed it because a lot of my album is about him, but it just sucks that everyone knows what went on. He called me after it was on and was like, thanks a lot. (laughs) Well, he deserved it. Like I said earlier, like, you know, he did not handle that breakup well either. They asked, are you friends with Josh? And she said, yeah, I'm one of those girls who can get hurt and then come back and be like, I can be your friend. Why dwell on something and hate somebody? I agree. But at the same time, Josh's behavior was just uh, not good. But I kind of love Josh and find Josh iconic because he inspired all of these amazing songs that have been the soundtrack to my life. So... I guess I feel kind of conflicted about it, but we all remember the first episode of the Ashley Simpson show where they show her and Josh are in love and they're together and Ashley's blonde. It's like a whole other world. And then by the end of the episode, he breaks up with her. And you're just shocked because they just kind of were getting you used to, like, oh, here's this person, Ashley Simpson. She's recording her album. She has this boyfriend, Josh. And then suddenly he's gone. And next episode's like, Hi, Ryan Cabrera. Or does he come in the third one? It's funny because I think most of us remember Ryan Cabrera being Ashley's boyfriend during this time but he actually only inspired a couple songs on the album and the rest is mainly about her situation with Josh. Cosmopolitan asked, do you think the show misrepresented you in any way? Ashley replied, it showed me very close to who I am. I have a few different sides. I'm goofy, but at the same time, I'm tough. And at the same time, I'm sensitive and nice. I think that's one of the hardest parts about being famous, honestly, just from my pop culture obsession and just reading and listening and watching so many interviews with celebrities. I just feel like people put you in a box and they just always want to know where to put you. Like once Jessica said the chicken of the sea thing, everyone was like, oh, she's the dumb blonde ditz. Got it. Okay. And then it was like, there's no more room for anything else. And she had to really like prove herself when it came to the fashion world and everything like that. And I feel like it was really only recently that people started taking her seriously. And People still don't take Ashley seriously. I mean, it must be weird to live your life, even though she clearly has a beautiful life. I mean, you know, beautiful kids, house, career, everything. But it's like a lot of the world like thinks of her as this like fraud, like this lip syncing fake person. And it's so strange because we as fans know that that's not who she is at all. But I think the majority of people like don't realize how talented she is. And that just must be weird. Like you must really have to compartmentalize and say to yourself, like, okay, The opinion of all these people really doesn't matter and I'm just going to focus on my little world. Entertainment Weekly did a feature on Ashley Simpson and they said, here's why we love the Ashley Simpson show's star, Ashley Simpson. What she's doing. Her MTV reality show is cozily scheduled right after Sister Jessica's newlyweds, but it probably didn't need the help. Raven-haired Ashley replaces her sibling's whiny designer handbag angst with weightier issues. Chiefly, how can she prove herself as a serious singer-songwriter to those expecting Jessica's bubblegum pop? I don't love that because, first of all, Jessica wasn't doing bubblegum pop at that point. This is the era of In the Skin for Jessica, and In the Skin is definitely not bubblegum pop. This is just a perfect example of what I just said. Like, people generalize, and they put somebody in a box – and that's it. That They don't think any deeper about that person. Like, whiny designer handbag angst? What? Like, I don't really think that Jessica has – designer handbag angst if anything she has the opposite because she has so many freaking designer handbags it doesn't have to worry about you know oh no this is expensive entertainment weekly continues watching the plucky one-time seventh heaven star struggle to extricate herself from her sister's shadow is compelling tv and her music isn't bad either the butterfly emerged from her cocoon when we saw the 19 year old sing original material for the first time at hollywood's knitting factory After some initial fumbling and almost taking a header across the stage, she found her inner rock star bumping and grinding to the amazement of her bandmates. Even Jessica, blurry-eyed from laser surgery, lavished her with praise. Best thing of my life. And we've covered those episodes, so if you haven't heard, go back and listen. We we covered, uh... The LASIK eye surgery I had Derek and Amanda on, two of Jessica's biggest fans. And then for the Ashley episode, I think, is that the one that I had Joel on for? I think so. Just amazing guests and amazing episodes. I just will forever consider it one of the most iconic things Jessica's ever done is get that LASIK surgery and that whole episode. And then she shows up to Ashley Simpson's first concert and she's blind. I live for these two, I'm telling you. In 2018, Ashley did an interview with Paper Magazine and they asked her about the lessons that she learned from her first go-around at reality TV and the Ashley Simpson show because this is the time that she was promoting her second reality show, Ashley and Evan. Ashley said, my first go-around shooting a show was actually a beautiful experience because everything that I was going through, my fans really got to go through with me. The amount of support I received from that and love and whatnot was really amazing, and that was all authentic and real, and what I was going through. I feel like now doing this, it's just a totally different time, totally different story. Her husband, Evan Ross, was in this interview as well, and he commented, I liked watching her show. I saw pieces of it as we were getting ready to start shooting this and I was like, look how cute she was. Ashley replies, it's so funny. When I look back, I'm like, wow, what was I wearing? It was the time, okay? It was the time, people. Evan confirms that he, of course, would have dated Ashley back then, as all of us would. I mean, look, I'm straight, but like, I just remember thinking Ashley was like the most gorgeous, coolest girl in the world. Like, I was just like, I want to be like her. I want to be exactly like her. On July 17th, MTV allowed fans to stream Ashley's new album in full on their website three days before the release. This was a very big deal because things like this didn't really happen. They would give you clips and stuff, but you would never get to hear a full album before it came out unless it leaked. Which of course, you know, LimeWire, Kazaa, we all did it, right? I can't remember if I downloaded Ashley's album before it came out. I don't think I did because I remember my mom going to the store to get me autobiography because I had already been obsessed with Ashley since the show came out. And I remember my mom being like, "Oh, they didn't have it. And I was like, "What? Like, what do you mean? Like I need that album, you know?" And so I ended up getting it like a couple days after it came out. But this was kind of an iconic moment because the website crashed due to the amount of fans that were logging onto the website trying to hear the album. And then very soon after that, they just took the album off. Because again, this is 2004. Like, they don't know really how to troubleshoot this type of situation the way that they do now. So they literally had to just take it down because they really didn't have any other option. It was being slammed with so many people trying to listen. And I completely understand that. Because at the time, like I said, I had been watching every episode of The Ashley Simpson Show obsessively. And we got sneak peeks at some of her songs like Unreachable and Surrender and Pieces of Me and stuff, which was obviously the single. But I was so curious to hear the rest of the album. And I can't even tell you, I was like foaming at the mouth. Like when you're a true music lover and you just really find an artist that you connect with, it's like you're just dying. Like you'll do anything. Just give me one song, you know? And so... The website crashed. They took the album down. They were like, sorry. (laughs) So a few episodes ago when I was doing one of my Lindsay Lohan episodes, I said that I like to read reviews just from regular people and fans rather than critics. I mean, yes, I also read a lot of critic reviews. But I think at the end of the day, how much do critic reviews really matter? I mean, it's the fans that make the career happen or not happen. Ashley Simpson performed a free concert in Boston on July 17th, the same day that all her fans were trying to log on and hear her music. And here's what a fan who got to attend said. Her set was phenomenal. She was a spectacular live singer and even more entertaining in person than her older sister Jessica. She was engaged in sweet and funny conversations with the audience in between her amazingly funky new material. At one point she mentioned her ex-boyfriend Josh and how she wrote an angry song about him. The crowd, most of which had seen her MTV show, booed at the simple mention of his name. She just giggled and agreed. It was mine and anyone else's opinion in that crowd that she isn't just a flash-in-the-pan artist and certainly not just Jessica's little sister. I love this review and I love the emphasis that they put on not only her personality but her singing talent because I saw Ashley um, a year and a half after this on her... I think it was called the LOVE Tour, but it was for the IME album. I saw her at the Supper Club in New York City, and I had a very similar experience. I was so impressed by her live singing. I thought she was so great, and it was such an entertaining show and it was one of my favorite concerts ever and my mom took me my mom has always said like anytime I bring up Ashley my mom is like that concert was one of the best concerts I've ever been to and she wasn't like a huge fan or anything like that wasn't a show that we would like watch together and bond over like some of the other stuff I was watching at the time she just took me because I was her kid and you know she's like I'm gonna watch her I'm not gonna just drop her off So my mom went in with me and she was like, that's one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And we went to a lot of concerts and we still go to a lot of concerts together because, you know, me, Little Miss Music lover, like always dragging my mom out to all the shows. But my mom is basically a fan of everybody I'm a fan of because, you know, she was kind enough to take me to the shows. And it's better to just surrender, no pun intended, and become a fan of these people so you're not miserable when you take your daughter to these concerts. And regarding her personality, I actually met her during that concert because I was in the front row I had gotten there early I think we got in line at like 2 p.m when it was like 7 p.m doors and I just really wanted to be in the front and I'm so happy that I did that because I did get front row and then there were some sound issues I don't remember what it was but there was some kind of sound issue at some point during the concert and Ashley you know instead of taking a break or going to get a drink of water or something she was like hey guys and like came over to the edge of the stage and talked to us and she was like I can sign some stuff while we wait for them to fix it if you want and she was just so cute and so nice and I didn't have anything for her to sign because I was just like front row in the middle of a concert like I didn't have a sharpie at the ready but a couple people did and I was more just like starstruck and you know just basically said like hi and like you know I love you or whatever I don't even remember what I said but she was just really sweet and I just thought that was like very classy and like a very cool move to take care of your fans like it was almost like she was like oh I feel really bad that this sound issue is happening so let me like make it up to them somehow and it was was just I love Ashley it was just a great experience as I said earlier on July 20th 2004 autobiography was released And it did go straight to number one. Cosmopolitan Magazine asked Ashley about this. And they said, describe your reaction when you found out your album went straight to number one. Ashley replied, it was so amazing. I had no clue that it would do that well on the charts. When my dad called me and said, your album's gone number one. I was like, are you serious? Is this a joke? And then I saw it on paper and I started screaming. My dad sent me and my friends to Cabo San Lucas to celebrate. (laughs) So a little bit of a different uh, teenage experience Ashley had, I say, I would say, compared to the rest of us. (laughs) Ashley continued, I just hoped my album would chart at all. I didn't expect it to be number one in the country. It was a huge shock. Geffen president Jordan Schur was also massively proud of Ashley's success and said, It's unheard of in this business, even for a superstar to sell this number of records and emphasized her relative obscurity until not long before the album's release. Very true. I mean, Ashley's rise and fall just happened so quickly. Like, it's bizarre to think that, like, in January 2004, most people didn't even know who she was. Then, you know, April, May, like, we start to get to know her, the single comes out, the show premieres, we fall in love with her. July, the album comes out, it shoots to number one, she has this amazing summer. And then October is SNL, and that's when everything kind of starts to go in the opposite direction, unfortunately. The Village Voice, one of my all-time favorite newspapers. If you're not from the Tri-State area, The Village Voice is a newspaper produced out of Greenwich Village in Manhattan. It was always my favorite paper. That's the paper that I found so many auditions in early in my career, and a lot of them were shady, but... (laughs) They said of this album... Courtney Love's American Sweetheart is tragic and blasted and pissed off and pathetic and desperate and sad. Autobiography is all those things, plus it has fruit stripe bubble grunge guitars and insanely chewy melodies and an ear-tickling production job. What an interesting description. Of course I agree. All Music said, Give Ashley Simpson some credit. She, or her management, knew that the only way to break out of the shadow of her older sister was to be her opposite, so she dyed her blonde hair jet black, based her music in rock, not dance pop, and co-wrote every song on her debut. Jessica only co-wrote one song on her debut, Sweet Kisses. It could be argued that this makeover for the star of the square WB TV series 7th Heaven is a bit too calculated, but regardless of the intent, the end result still works far better than that of her big sister's albums. Where Jessica sounds like a throwback to the late 60s and early 70s, specifically to the variety shows of Andy Williams and Sonny and Cher, Ashley is modern, using the glossy, punky pop of Pink and Avril Lavigne as the touchstone for her debut. It's heavy on guitars and light on dance beats, although those are bubbling under the layers and layers of six strings, and Ashley has adopted a growl that may come out closer to a mousy squeak, but the attitude is appreciated all the same. I love that. And that pretty much sums up autobiography. It's not perfect and it's often affected, but it winds up being endearing because of her earnestness. Not only is she trying hard, and in the case of Lala, trying way too hard to be sexy, but she's succeeding in creating an album that feels like a bubblegum version of Pink's Misunderstood, even if it's not quite as catchy. While the album could have used a few more songs with indelible hooks, it nevertheless is an enjoyably slick, widescreen production that's a whole lot more fun than anything her sister has recorded, with the notable exception of I Think I'm In Love With You. Plus, it's varied enough to suggest that Ashley could make a more interesting record the next time out. All in all, it's an unexpectedly strong debut from an artist who seemed destined to be a footnote to her famous older sister – but may just wind up with a more interesting career. And as much as I love Jessica, I do think that to an extent, had SNL not happened, uh, Ashley would have had a more interesting career. I think that Autobiography is a more interesting album than any of Jessica's albums, I'll be honest, and you guys know how much I adore Jessica's albums. I mean, I love Jessica's music, but... There's something about autobiography that just reaches a little bit further and goes a little bit deeper and connects with something a little bit more real and raw than Jessica's music. It's funny because I think that Jessica reaches that place with her personality. Like I think that when we watch her on Newlyweds, that's how I connect with her. But Ashley, I feel like Ashley could never even speak and her music would just speak for her in this very eloquent, articulate way that's also messy in a good way, if you know what I'm saying. IGN said, While the overall sound and lyrical content don't stray too much from your standard, well-off teenager going through the run-of-the-mill angst associated with living in the limelight or its shadow, the thing that immediately strikes you is just how damn mature the younger Simpson sounds. Her singing voice is full and teeming with a sneering alto timbre. And yes, you can hear the intersection of her Joan Jett meets Gwen Stefani influences on songs such as the title track. Can we just talk about like how fucking good that title track is though? Like autobiography? First of all, how did nobody name an album autobiography before this? Are you kidding me? Maybe somebody did, but there wasn't a huge album, right? Like autobiography is just such a perfect title for an album. It's almost like too obvious. Like it's, it's almost campy. Because it's so obvious, but it's not. It's like perfect. The other thing is, I I don't agree with them that the lyrical content doesn't stray too much from run-of-the-mill angst associated with Living in the Limelight. I don't, I mean, most of her songs have nothing to do with the limelight. You know, she wasn't really famous before this. She was known a little bit, but I don't think this album is at all about Living in the Limelight. I think the album is about young teenage romance and trying to find yourself and trying to figure out who you are you know I think autobiography is a very good example of that you know but also the confidence and we talk a lot about this in the track by track review I did with Michael and Jackie it's like the confidence in Ashley's lyrics you know what I mean like she just blatantly states like, I'm a badass girl in this messed up world. Like a nasty girl, you want to get with me? You want to mess with me? Like, fuck you, you know? (laughs) And Jessica never would have had that. That's not Jessica's personality. And like I said, I love Jessica and I love her personality. I would never want her to change. I would never want Jessica to do a song like this because, you know, that's not her. I would want her to be true to herself the same way that Ashley was true to herself. But it's just interesting, right? They continue Autobiography is an interesting endeavor to be sure. I'm not talking about the music, mind you, which is by the books, generic, and at times bland pop rock. I totally disagree. I think Ashley's album stands out. Among all the other pop rock artists, I think autobiography is better than anything that Avril put out, that Pink put out. Are you kidding me? Like, not even comparable. I'm sorry. Like, to you guys that are super fans of them, I'm sorry. To me, Ashley stood out back then when I was a kid, and she still stands out now as I look back and re-listen to all of this stuff and talk about all this stuff on the podcast for me, the reviews that say, oh, this is just another, like, teenage pop act, I totally disagree with that. They continue, The interesting thing is the contrast between Ashley's mature voice and the somewhat sophomore lyrical content, which is expected, given that she's only 19. On the one hand, Miss Simpson isn't much different than her contemporaries, Pink, her sister Jessica, Hillary, Christina, Brittany, Lindsay, Avril, and that she's a young, impressionable woman trying to sing about grown-up feelings while lacking the world experience that makes for great songwriting. I, I, I disagree. I think she's so different from all those other people. I really do. And it's not even that she's better, I just would never compare them. Like, I get the comparisons to Jessica because that's her family, but if Jessica wasn't related to her, I would never even think of them in the same sentence. Like, they're such different artists. They continue, The frustrating thing is that she has a voice that shows incredible promise and sounds years older than her youthful countenance would suggest. The thing of it is, if her lyrics had been written by somebody older, they would have definitely sounded manufactured. Thus, it's a good thing young Ashley scoured her diary and penned her own lyrics. She'll just have to be patient while her insight and emotional range catches up to the maturity of her voice. That's a good point. Not that her lyrics were juvenile at all, like some of them are, but I would love to know what her life experiences have amounted to in terms of music. Like what would her new solo stuff be like? I feel like it's hard to gauge based on the Ashley and Evan album because that album was kind of like a story of like a couple getting together and getting married and like that whole thing. And what would she sing about on her own? And what would her lyrics be? I'm just dying to know. Substream magazine did a retrospective on autobiography and said, I don't know how else to say this, but autobiography is one of the strongest pop rock records of the 2000s. Before her faux pas, the country was obsessed with her quirkiness and astronomical rise to fame. She was the anti-Jessica dyeing her hair black, during an episode of The Ashley Simpson Show just to make sure viewers knew she wasn't her sister. We watched her dabble in the vulnerability of songwriting, openly discuss the unspoken rivalry between her and Jessica, and make out many times with then-boyfriend Ryan Cabrera. It was TV gold, and there's no doubt that her hyperpunk expressiveness shot off her career. The media became overly obsessed with not just her, but making fun of her. Headline after headline highlighted every single misstep, no matter how minimal, and it was quite clear that every gossip match Magazine wanted her to fail. She was Jessica's sister, so she couldn't maintain her own successful career, right? She was meant to fail because she isn't talented. That was the mentality surrounding her at all times. Many believed that she lacked overall emotional depth, but songs like Undiscovered, The Deepest Cut on Autobiography, and Unreachable strongly prove otherwise. Sure, autobiography followed a specific formula crafted by the likes of songwriting giants John Shanks and Caro Diaguardi, but it worked. Ashley was able to build off her anti-pop, anti-Jessica, anti-anything girly identity and grungly create a body of work that best identified her 19-year-old self. She was rough and hopeful and obscure all the things that the media found a way to work against. And yes, honestly, like, I'm mostly reading positive-leaning reviews on this podcast, but there's a lot of negative reviews even when Autobiography came out. I think a lot of people just couldn't see past that whole you're only here because of your older sister, so we're just not going to take you seriously thing. Like, even before SNL, Ashley was reviled in the media a lot, and that just has been cemented even more looking back and doing research for this. For me, I remember that summer just because being Ashley mania and like me and all my friends and everybody I knew like loved Ashley and she was all over the internet and all over TV and it was like I couldn't get enough of her but the mainstream media you know all the old white dudes that do these album reviews which like why you know what I mean they should have had me doing a review or like my type like that was Ashley's demographic and look (laughs) between girls we were losing our shit (laughs) we couldn't have been happier with her they continue the album's romantically charged lead single pieces of me was an almost completely different endeavor than what she was producing for autobiography it didn't carry the same brat punk vibe as songs like lala or love me for me but it still felt like a genuine side to ashley who yes was singing about ryan cabrera the track is nowhere near angsty but listeners got to immediately witness a mature side to ashley something that wasn't expected as the rebellious counterpart to sister jessica Listen, if you want to truly talk about how pieces of me burst onto contemporary radio with a zest that no one predicted, I'm here for it. But what's more worth discussing is that even though Ashley was being groomed into a label-ready, manufactured slice of sweet ear candy, she pushed back, again, sounding and looking like a plastic doll. She wanted to be just Ashley, and I don't think she really even knew what that meant at 19, but the lack of life experience led to a lyrical rawness and straightforwardness that could only come from someone blatantly unfinished. Ashley was undone. She wanted Crunchy Guitars, a live, punk-fused band that matched her unbreakable teenage feistiness. And I actually think that she truly wanted these things, not just because she didn't want to carry the same sexified image as Jessica, which also wasn't really Jessica. Her sophomore album I Am Me, which vastly undersold, was almost an even better pop rock collection than her debut. It cemented the tones that she openly desired on autobiography and it actually angers me that her SNL jig completely turned off OG listeners. What the fuck? (laughs) Ashley was an open target. Newlyweds viewers quite publicly laughed at Jessica, not with her. Eh, I don't agree with that. I was laughing with Jessica for sure. Like I was a Jessica super fan so I found her mistakes and her ditzy comments funny and cute like I just think of her as somebody that sometimes doesn't think things through before she speaks like if Jessica had just taken a second to think before asking Nick is this chicken what I have or is this fish she would have been like oh duh it's obviously tuna most likely but she didn't because she was just comfortable in her house with her husband where she doesn't have to put on airs and be like I am so super intelligent she just asked a dumb question you know what I mean And that's why we fell in love with her. So I feel like a lot of us fans were laughing with Jessica, but the mainstream media was laughing at her. They continue, Ashley's live mishaps, which were actually due to a medical issue, put her next in line to her sister. After the Orange Bowl performance, where she was loudly booed for an unpolished performance of Lala, that was just it. She sang live as critics had been begging her to While she clearly was still experiencing vocal issues As well as dysfunctional in-ear monitors And was crucified for it Ashley was regularly crucified For something as simple as existing For being a Simpson Very true And I also want to point out That Ashley didn't have any formal vocal Or musical training whatsoever Until she started with her vocal coach Around the time she was making the album Like she grew up as a dancer So there are just simple things that you learn Like I grew up performing all the time As a kid that I was always performing either like with my choir or in local community shows or theater or you know I would perform with my dance school but then I would have like additional roles and you just get like a shorthand with being on stage and dealing with things like mics and ear monitors and mic stands and the band and other musicians like you just get this I don't know it's Like I said, a shorthand, like you just, it's very easy to deal with like, uh, oh, a new pianist came in that I've never met before. No problem. Here's the sheet music. Let's do it. Like Ashley did not have the experience to cope with what happened to her. Like she didn't know what to do on that stage when they played the wrong song because she did not have that much stage experience. At that time, what that was October, she had only been doing live singing performances since like April. That's only six months. You know what I mean? There's a lot more that you have to know and remember. And there's technical aspects of it that when you grow up performing, you don't even have to think about it. You just grab the mic, put the ear monitor in, and you're good to go. But even people that have been performing for decades, right, they still have to have a sound check because it can be so difficult and technical that it doesn't matter how much experience you have you still have to go through that right but if you don't have all this time under your belt of performing and you make a mistake you just you don't know what to freaking do I mean at the end of the day like when you see her doing that hoedown on the SNL stage like you're like oh she's just a kid Substream continues autobiography was an unexpected pop album that shot out 3 million plus album sales and despite immense social criticism, Ashley quickly propelled nearly overnight into a pop culture deity. That's exactly my experience like what I just said like that summer in between when her show came out and SNL. That was just Ashley pandemonium. Her place in pop history is duly overlooked due to an insignificant scandal, but millennials who were young adolescents at her highest will always understand the actual significance of autobiography. To be portrayed as anything less than authentically talented is nothing but paparazzi-fed judgment, and we don't disrespect Ashley Simpson in this house. Fuck yes. If anyone disrespects Ashley Simpson around me, they're going down. I'm sorry. It's just not – that's just not something that I can cope with. I just – you're out. And that is where I am going to close it out for today. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure that you tune in next week for Autobiography Part 2, where I will be getting into the rest of this era, including the release of her next singles, Shadow and Lala, as well as – season two of the Ashley Simpson show and a rather unfortunate incident that I touched on a little bit in this episode but we're gonna have to get fully into it in the next one yes of course I am talking about Saturday Night Live again thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next week bye everybody Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessicast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriamoon. That's at C A P R I A M O O N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear ashleyandjessicast at gmail.com and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast see you next time